Hi, my name is Anna Marie, and today you're listening to The Mind of a Serial Killer. Today we will be talking about mental disorders. Mental disorders can have a large impact not only on those experiencing them, but on those around them. People need to become more aware of others who have severe mental disorders and how they can potentially help them or find help for them. People who experience mental disorders like antisocial personality disorder, schizophrenia, and borderline personality disorder, for example, aren't always in control of their actions or the choices that they make. Now, I'm not saying that they don't have any control over their actions, but it is harder for them to. If they don't receive the help and care that they need, they could end up hurting themselves or others. It is important to keep an eye on those who experience these mental disorders. Many serial killers experience one or more of these mental disorders and other problems too. Again, I'm not saying everyone with these disorders are going to become serial killers because there are more important factors involved in the making of a serial killer. Many serial killers experience things from their childhood like mental, physical, or sexual abuse. Some weren't nurtured by their parents like they should have been. And then you have some that started off with killing small animals for fun and later wanted to move on to bigger prey. There isn't just one specific thing that makes a serial killer and not all serial killers are the same. There are unique qualities to each serial killer. For example, Ted Bundy. On the outside, he doesn't appear to be your ideal serial killer. Ted was a good looking young man, attended law school, was easygoing, very personable, and overall a good person. At least that's what he made people believe. He fooled many people with his charm, but underneath his mask, made of lies, he was an evil woman-killing monster. Once examined, Ted had been diagnosed as a psychopath by Hervey Cleckley, who is also known as the father of psychopathy. Ted wasn't just a psychopath, though. He had other issues like necrophilia, paraphilia, and sadism. Looking at Ted's childhood could give us some clues to how he evolved into the monster that he became. Ted's family appeared to be like any other happy family, but behind closed doors, it wasn't. Ted's mom originally wanted to put him up for adoption, but her father convinced her to live with them in Philadelphia. His grandfather was abusive and had a raging temper. Ted never knew his biological father and grew up believing that his own mother was his sister. Although, in The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule, Ted told her that he had seen through the lies, and I quote, Maybe I just figured out that there couldn't be 20 years difference in the age between a brother and a sister. And Louise always took care of me. I just grew up knowing that she was really my mother. When him and his mother moved to Washington, his mother met his stepdad and got married. But Ted didn't like his stepfather much. His mother had more kids, and Ted felt like he was unloved by her. So not only did he not have a father figure that he truly looked up to, he also felt distant from his own mother. Ted was never really a normal kid, and his life at home wasn't ideal, which could have definitely contributed to the making of him being a serial killer. Again, there are many factors that come into play in the making of a serial killer, and we may never truly be able to comprehend the minds of these monsters. Those who do experience mental disorders do struggle with themselves and others, and people do need to be aware of this. It isn't an easy problem to solve or fix, but there are people who can help them or provide the care that they need. 
I definitely believe that they should classify people that have mental disorders from low risk to high risk, though. If they are believed to potentially be a danger to themselves or others, I think they need to be institutionalized because that is the safest thing for them and everyone else around them. More tests need to be done and provided, or more prevention plans or plans to help those who experience these problems try and help them live the most normal life that they can while dealing with these mental disorders. Today I have my friend Julie here with me, and I'm going to ask her a couple questions. Hi Julie, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. That's good, that's good. All right, here we go. So Julie, do you think someone with severe mental disorders should be institutionalized if they're high risk to society? What do you think? Yes. And why why do you think yes? I don't know, maybe because Because not only could they harm themselves, they could harm other people. All right, next question. What steps do you think we need to take to making others more aware of people who experience these disorders and how we could potentially help them? I feel like the steps we should take should be like teaching kids more in school, um, making public service announcements, foundations, nonprofit organizations. I agree with you. Those sound like some really good ideas. Now, here's a question that some people have different views on. Do you believe that serial killers are made or they're just naturally born evil? What do you think? I think they are made by their parents. How? I don't know, maybe because they're not nurtured as much or like things are brought up with like violence, abuse, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you think that their childhood could potentially have something to do with them growing up and becoming who they are? Yes. All right, next question. When a serial killer begins to kill, do you believe that they have control or they know what they're doing? I believe like their first kill, they don't have control. And then it feels like a rush to them. But after that, I think they have control. Okay, thank you. And now for a second opinion, I have my older sister, Danielle, here to answer some questions. Hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) So for our first question, do you think someone with severe mental disorders should be institutionalized if they are a high risk to society? I believe that if they have shown that they are a high risk, then yes, they should be institutionalized for the safety of themselves and for others. All right, what steps do you think we need to take to making others more aware of people who experience these disorders and how we could potentially help them? Um, Well, I think a lot of times that people aren't even aware of where to get information because they don't even know the signs of these disorders so I think it would be best if maybe it started um, with doctors pediatricians 
um, and information that we can get, parents can get from them and pamphlets and just, you know, maybe some like warnings that, you know, warning signs to look for um, so parents can be aware. Do you believe serial killers are made or naturally born evil? I honestly think it could be either um, or both because um, I think that someone growing up in a very unstable household where possibly they're abused and not loved and, you know, just feel worthless, you know, can definitely grow up and turn to violence to let out their own aggressions. But then at the same time, there are also people who are born um, with different, you know, uh, mental illnesses that, you know, could possibly make them violent and then, uh, you know, they turn towards that. When a serial killer begins to kill, do you believe they have control over what they're doing? I think the first time that they kill may be um, impulsive. They're letting out rage or something from like some past trauma or childhood, you know, trauma that they had. And so the first time may again, just be like accidental or even just impulsive. But then from there, they develop almost an addiction, like a high from the killing. And then from there, I believe they know what they're doing. All right, those are very good answers. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Both my guest speakers both kind of had some very similar opinions on things, and I definitely agree with what they had to say. And like I said, we may never truly understand the minds of serial killers, but there are always signs to look for. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying all people with mental disorders like schizophrenia or personality disorders or things like that, antisocial personality disorder, like not all of them are going to become serial killers, obviously. Like you learned, there are multiple factors that come into the making of a serial killer, but even the people who do have these problems, they do struggle at times. So just to make people more aware of what could happen or how they deal with things, it could definitely help somebody and they could reach out to someone for help. So again, thank you for listening and we'll be back next time.